Welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to leave a like, drop a comment, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I am Anthony Totri, joined on this terrific Tuesday by Shane Diefenbach, Sean DePause. Guys, how you doing today? Oh, you know, just hanging out, just, just living, getting, getting ready for the Suns to knock the Lakers out of the playoffs. Feeling yes. good. Very Thank excited you. for that. Very awesome. excited for that. LeBron's not playing, right? He is not. The line has moved on DraftKings to 13 from 11 and a half to 13. So LeBron is only worth a point and a half, apparently, which is fantastic. <laughs> in AD? What about AD? Uh, street clothes will probably play, but I don't think it'll matter. <laughs> the disrespect. My goodness. Well, there's a lot to get into today. I want to start off with uh, what happened yesterday evening. Kansas winning the national title over North Carolina. And ASU fans can celebrate a little bit. Because Remy Martin is officially a national champion. Guys, what do you think of his performance last night? I don't get people that are, like, really upset with it. Like, oh, Remy Martin, really good. be happy for the kid. I mean, I said this on Bets today. I think that people saying that his main goal is to go win a national championship are a little skewed. I think he wanted to go into the draft first then realized he wasn't going to get drafted high or at all yeah. and then found Kansas. Um, but it's still good. It's fantastic. And to see him perform and be such a Remy Martin on a national stage like he was, uh, you know, banking in a three for his 2000th point, making some ridiculous circus shots in the second half, that sidestep three that we all know and love where you're just like, no, okay, that went in. Um, <laughs> It was really fun to see. He was the reason why Kansas won that game, I think, in my opinion, in that last, you know, if there were four quarters, the last fourth quarter of that game, it was really Remy Martin's game that he controlled. And, um, yeah, it was fun to see. Yeah, I mean, I think Remy was probably their most important player uh, in the tournament. And I don't know, it's it's definitely, it's like a bittersweet, I guess, right? Because, like, I have no problem with him. I'm happy he won a national championship. I'm happy he's succeeding. Do I wish he was doing it in a Sun Devil jersey? Of course, <laughs> but I, I have that's that's more of a of an, of an us problem than it is a, a him Look, problem. I don't yeah. have any yeah. bad feelings towards him. I'm I'm definitely happy for the kid. Let me ask you guys this: um, Johnny asked me this this morning. A hey, Remy Martin's on this ASU roster, same exact roster. What changes in the season? I think they're in the tournament. I mean, I don't know how much. I I just don't think when you have at the beginning of the year when you have Marion struggling, or in that second half of the year when you have DJ struggling, I don't think you have that issue because Remy yeah. is hopefully consistent throughout the year. Um, although he was he did struggle a little bit with Kansas, but yeah, that's a, a, a leap in competition and a leap in expectations. I think when you're playing for Kansas, uh, my my answer was they get bounced by Syracuse in the first four because <laughs> for some reason Syracuse yeah. makes the tournament because Remy Martin's at ASU. Yeah, no, you're not like it. You're not wrong. It just that seems uh, like Isaiah Battle comes back for for highest battle, Tyus. highest battle. Um, yeah, no, but uh, they have Isaiah something at one point. I think they do make the tournament. Uh, um, you think they I make just, it all right, or do you think they're playing in the first four? Like, no, like, I think they make it all right. I think I think they end up probably being a top four seed in the in the Pac-12 um, and making it a little further. But um, I, I just, yeah, I think I think like I said, when you have the troubles that we had in the backcourt this year, I think a lot of those are solved by Remy Martin being here. At least I would hope they would have been. So. I'm, I'm gonna say that they at least would have been a tournament team. Um, I think they would have joined the ranks of of USC, UCLA, Arizona as one of the as like a 
a clear tournament team in the Pac-12. USC, man. I forgot they were in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how I that goes. I think they're a first four team. Um, I think they probably lose just given Bobby's experience in those games. Uh, but I think, I mean, you look at what this ASU basketball defense was this season, like Remy Martin only adds to that. Like if this defense wasn't already one of the best, if not the best in the Pac-12, um, there's no telling what it could have been with, with Remy there. Um, came up with a big block last night with like less than two minutes to play. Um, just overall, just the energizer bunny that he was while he was here. I think this team down the stretch um, in some of those games where it just seemed like it got away from them, especially late in games. I think that probably doesn't happen or at least not as often with Remy on the roster. Um, but I don't, I don't think it makes them necessarily up there with the, with UCLA and U of A just because those teams just, they had more consistency. I don't think Remy brings all that consistency to everybody else on this ASU roster. Um, but I want to ask you guys, you know, Remy left, whether it be to draft or, you know, to go win a title, whatever, like he accomplished what he set out to accomplish. Now for ASU and Bobby Hurley, like, do you see like after this, after we saw this tournament play out in the way it did and like how great these teams were, are we going to see ASU basketball in our lifetime, do you think, compete for a national title or is that just a pipe dream? Define compete in the tournament or like in the championship game? Are they in the championship game while we're alive? Uh, you know, any crazier things have happened. Um, the culture Bobby Hurley's built, regardless of what people say, is a real thing. Um, he changed his program from the Herb Sendak era, which wasn't the worst era, but it was an era. Um, I think, I, I mean, yeah, I, I could see it. Uh, you know, we've seen Bobby Hurley's recruiting go up. I mean, like take Josh Christopher, for example, great player, NBA player, first rounder. Um, didn't pan out because of how weird that season was. You get another nine, eight recruit, you know, a five star it can happen. We've seen it happen before. You get another one of those or two and you get some guys to stick around, you know, three years from now, who's to say they don't get another James Harden. It can happen. Um, I wouldn't say it's not going to happen, but it's, it would be foolish to say, yes, for sure. They're going to get to the natty in the next 20 years. Yeah. Um, Are we only living for another 20 years, Shane? <laughs> hey, uh, Bobby Hurley. Bobby oh. Hurley is what I'm talking about. Oh, Bobby, okay. Bobby Hurley will be the KSU coach for the next 25 years. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, Sweet 16, 100%. Elite 8, maybe. Um, championship game, it, it, you things have to fall. Things have to fall in the right place. Um. Yeah, I mean, like Shane said, it's this the nature of March Madness. Like, I'm sure if you asked a Butler fan this question 10, 15 years ago, they'd be like, of course not. And, I mean, that's just how March Madness works. Like, uh, anybody hypothetically can get to the national championship. So it's impossible to say, no, it's not going to happen. Um, I think it's possible. Like, I think it's it's definitely, like, first off, if it does happen, I don't think it's while Bobby Hurley is the coach. Uh, really i'm a fan of bobby and i think he's a you think he has a ceiling i think he does have a ceiling Hmm. i think i think i don't think anything in college basketball has a ceiling though i but this is something i was thinking about the other day i think him being such like a guard focused coach like if you're a big 
I don't think it's as appealing to go to a, a place hmm. that is so focused on guards. And I feel like having a, a good big is pretty important. But didn't we just see that change this year? Well, yeah, but that was not that was not because of a, a like you mean we saw the we saw we saw it change guard. from a from a guard heavy offense to just a normal offense. Yeah, that was mainly guard. because the guards weren't performing well. Like that wasn't the plan. There was a lot of Marian. game plan things where where you're trying to set up in the post. Bobby showed you that he can use a big man. I get what you're no, saying. He but... can for sure, but I don't think I think if you're a recruit looking at ASU and you're looking at Bobby Hurley, you're looking at but guard you. But how many teams that win a national championship do you see it because of a dominant big man? It's usually it's not, the gu- the guard play surrounded by a, a big like defensive anchor. It's not a dominant big man that gets you there. Luca Garza is not going to win you at Natty. No, I, I agree, but I think it's important to have a big that can yeah. perform. Like Arizona, obviously they didn't get to the national championship. But what about the- Enoch? Well. <laughs> Sure, if Enoch turns into Christian Coloco, then sure. Even but, if Enoch turned into Christian Coloco, it wouldn't make that much of a difference, I don't think. Oh, I, like, in terms of national championship? Heavy disagree. Christian Coloco was arguably the best defensive player in the country this year, easily the best defensive player in the Pac-12. Like you they had Christian Coloco and one of the best guards in all of the Pac in all of the country, and they still didn't make it to the Final yeah, but if they had made You're it to the national championship, like, at its, at they, its roots, if ASU and Christian Coloco, they're a final four team. No, but they're they're setting they themselves up for Coloco, success. Arizona was a was at quality wise was a Final Four team. Breaking like, a team that was oh boy. Breaking news: Tay Hansen to Oregon, staying in the Pac-12. Oh, she's staying in the conference. Oh, love it. She's staying in the conference. Come on, it is what it is. Oh. Don't you like that though? No. no. I have too I much respect for her that. to want to see her in the conference. Like, I think, I mean, she did that on purpose. Like, she wants that. to see ASU. Like, I would have, like, I'm glad Remy wasn't in the Pac 12. Like, I want nothing to do with that. Uh, that one. That sucks. That does suck. Uh, good for her. Like, I, I'm. I wish her the well. I want to say I wish her the best, but the best <laughs> is her beating ASU. Yeah. I wish her the best as long as it gets it's not in the way of ASU success. I wouldn't have put money that Tay Hansen would stay in the Pac-12. I'll tell you I, that right me now. Either. Me either. I'm. I don't know. Good for her, but I would definitely was not. I definitely wouldn't have put money that Tay Hansen would stay at ASU. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane. I appreciate it. You couldn't get those odds on DraftKings Sportsbook app. But you can get odds for golf because golf season is in full swing. You can get in on all the action on the course with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 on golf's first major and get $25 in free bets. For every birdie, Bryson DeChambeau sinks in the first round. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 and win $25 in free bets for every one of Bryson's birdies in the first round. Join the action for golf's first major with code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook. That's 21 plus. There's an only gambling problem calling 100 next step. New customers only. A minimum of a $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply to DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Tiger Tiger winning the Masters this year, baby. Counting. Not happening. He's no, coming happened back. happened in 2019. It's Scotty Scheffler's day. Or Xander Shoffley. It's a Shoffley-Scheffler bet. 
That's what's happening. No, I honest, I don't honestly think Tiger would, but that would be I told my story. electric possibility. I told I told my story this morning on bets that I I threw twenty dollars on Tiger to win the Masters in twenty nineteen, and that was one of the most electric bets I ever placed. Nice, <laughs> I love it. I'm here for the story. Can you imagine the story that that would be? It it, it almost back? is like it's almost like all right, we get it, Tiger. You're Tiger Woods. Like mm-hmm. if he after two like unbelievable comebacks, this time I wasn't sure if he was ever even going to play golf again. If he were to, the fact that he's even playing in the Masters is unbelievable <laughs> to me. Um, I was talking about this with Jacob yesterday. He's the greatest golfer of all time. I don't care how many Masters he ends with, whether or not he gets that record. He's it's. I don't think it's a conversation at this point. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, moving back to before we get into ASU baseball, just want to get your your guys' thoughts on this. Just saw it on Twitter. Um, an Iowa State grad transfer offensive lineman who attended Deer Valley High School uh, has narrowed down his final three, and Arizona State is one of them. Joey Ramos, um, I believe he played, yeah, offensive tackle, 6'5, um, 33 games played. Just thoughts on potentially. Coming to Arizona State. A big beef. man, big yeah. man, big beef, more transfers on the line. Why not us? From a good program, like Iowa State was good this year. Um, from, from, yeah. a, from, a, from a large program, known for large producing program. large men. Yes, those yeah. those the the Great Plains area schools. Get they, in, just, uh, they rise from the soil out there. They rise from the corn. Like they they, they yeah. grow with, next to the corn stalks. They're shocked. Um, they're shocked. <laughs> um, but I mean, no, it's, it's solid. Like, like I, I like the beef that they've been adding, especially through the transfer market on both sides of the line. Yeah. Um, so that would be another nice addition, um, especially considering the turnover that has been on the offensive line. I wouldn't hate it. Add more competition. At ASU football, Totri at Chipotle, adding extra beef. Handshake emoji. Yeah. Nice. He's also got, also got two years of eligibility. Mm, nice. So the other two schools – According, let's see, to this tweet, looks like Tulsa, and I believe that is Bowling Green on there. So ASU, definitely the biggest of Bro, what? What? What in the world? That is a disgusting lineup of schools, which makes me think he's not very Top good. Three. And I love it because there's a little national championship trophy. Tulsa to the natty, baby. Look at the little national Tulsa championship to the natty. in the bottom corner. <laughs> That is um, disgusting. I am not as excited anymore. I thought you were going to throw out like a couple other Power Five schools, That's not Tulsa and Bowling Green. Um, definitely changes Wouldn't my perspective. Rather, but that you is... don't want those. Like, I feel like if you're ASU, you don't want those other two big. Do I want him now? If that's what he's considering. No, that's not my point. I would rather. I would if if an ASU isn't like if a guy is considering ASU and considering two other Power Five programs, that means he's a Power Five player. If he's considering ASU, Tulsa, and Bowling Green, ASU might be the best he can get, which is not necessarily great because ASU is not in a great spot as a football program. Um, so. I don't. I mean, literally, just learning about this, so I don't know anything about the guy as a player. But if we're, if I'm basing it off the other schools that he is considering, um, not necessarily the most reassuring thing. I'll take the depth, but I don't know if a guy that's also that is between Bowling Green and Tulsa is going to be a impact player for ASU football. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. This offensive line um, has already got some quote unquote beefy guys. Um, up front, I kind of like what they've got with Des Holmes, uh, with Darius Henderson, Scott. Like, I, I like where this is. I don't think it hurts to have another big guy, especially a grad transfer in there. 
Um, so we'll see what comes of him uh, possibly committing, but he'd miss the, he's already missed the entire spring. Uh, so you got that, that's got to factor in there um, at some point. I do want to move on to ASU baseball a little bit because they had themselves one hell of a weekend. Um, Shane, you and I were going back and forth pretty much all last week as if they would sweep or if they win the series or just what the final score would be. And they made a miraculous comeback on Sunday to get the job done, two to one, win the series. Um, what do you like about what you saw from this team this weekend? Uh, the resilience, just not giving up. It kind of shows you what this team is at its core. Um, I really liked in the last game, Ethan Long gets tossed, arguing balls and strikes, I believe. And then Cam McGee comes in and triples in his spot where he was supposed to hit. Uh, clears the bases, three RBIs, and that put ASU up by four um, after they tied it in that eighth inning um, and ended up taking the lead, obviously, uh, winning 16-9. to nine. It just, I mean, this team has bats, man. They do. And if they can get some help on the pitching, they're going to be scary, but they just haven't really. Yeah. Yeah. What about me, No, I was going to say the same thing. It's the resilience. I mean, even in that – even in the game that they did loss – they or they did lose, like they didn't quit. They had five runs in the ninth inning, and it ended up being, I mean, they gave up seven runs in the ninth inning too. But um, they they fought the entire time. The bat showed up. The pitching did not like, except for that first game where they only allowed three runs. They gave up fourteen in the in the second game, nine in the in the third game. Um, but it was, but yeah, the comeback win. The fact that even after getting doubled up on on the second game they came back and they were losing most of that game and i mean at one point i texted y'all and was like oh no like i let's how this is going and then i and then all of a sudden i'm like hold on now and then they end up winning 16 to 9 like they, they they didn't give up and that's all you can really ask for for a team that's kind of struggling that's been inconsistent is that in these games um they they don't stop fighting i wish i wasn't um i wish i didn't get so excited uh when we were talking about this series and i had stuck to my 2-1 prediction um, because it obviously has ended up what happening, but I got excited, went for the sweep, didn't happen, but fucking 80s night, man. Yeah, damn 80s night. The one game that we all watched together, too. Yeah, they fucking it was bad. It was, I think it was, it was, it was a bad night all around for me because I also had Duke winning, and yeah, so you sent that text on Sunday, and that's when I think the the sports gods were like, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna switch things around because your whole weekend was pretty much saying things were going to happen. And then the moment that you said they would happen and something else happened. Um, pardon me. Put some respect on Don Staley and the South Carolina women's basketball oh, team. Yes, I, was, right. 100%. I was calling that before they even won the final four game that they were going to cover in the national championship. And they did. Um, speaking of covering, I have, a, I have to have a word with homeboy on Kansas that stepped out of bounds and cost the Kansas cover. I just can't um, believe they called out of bounds. They weren't calling out of bounds the entire tournament. That was a running oh, joke I had. There was no yeah. out of bounds for the entire tournament, and they just decided to call it a lot that game. Yeah. And that was one of them. And yeah, that, the in, inches cost minus four and a half, or just minus four. That shit done hurted. It done um, did hurt. Were you guys both put Kansas minus four? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, which they should have covered. I mean, they should they have. They should have. But, yes. um, what are you going to do? The over didn't hit, though, and that's the other thing I took. So, Rough night. If you bet the uh, under in a national championship game, shame on you. So you're good coward. job, John. Yeah. My God. So, AFC Baseball, they've got number 10 Arizona today, and then they've got a series this weekend against Stanford. 
Um, I don't want to get too far in the weeds in terms of predictions for Stanford because we will talk that a little bit later in the week. But what do you guys think about tonight's game against Arizona? Well, U of A's won four in a row. Um, they're a better team. Um, <laughs> a lot better team. They did just – they're coming off an emotional extra innings win, seven to six, in Seattle over UW. So, you know, some travel, some fatigue – some sneaky tiredness. ASU baseball winning tonight? I don't know. I don't know what this is going to look like. It's hard to predict these games because any given starter on ASU could go six innings deep or one. You just yeah. don't know. Um, I, this has the potential to get really bad. Um, <laughs> I think this game could get real ugly. Obviously, like Shane said, like the pitching has the, op- the potential to show up on any night. But this is is a really is a really good baseball team they're going up against. Like I, I think this when you look at the, the teams that they have lost to already this year, ASU, um, this is one of the best teams they've played. It could get really bad. Um, I hate to say this, they might go zero and four over these next four games. Shut your mouth! Wow! Stop it! What happened to Sean over the weekend? He was a resident optimist for this team. I mean, I, I'm I'm being realistic. Uh, Cal is there. A you team go. You come over the dark side. And no, I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm. But I'm being realistic. Stanford is a team that just dropped out of the top 25 rankings. They're a very good program. Arizona is one of the best teams in the country. Um, which I can't believe this is two sports now that I have to keep saying that phrase. Arizona is one of the best teams in the country. Um, we got three. What? I think it's softball too. Uh, well, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> two sports, two sports seasons. Kick the shit out of you. Yeah, I know. Um, but um, so yeah, the, the potential for this is to get really ugly is definitely there. I mean, look what happened uh, with Oregon State earlier in the year. Yeah. Oh God, I hope it's not that bad. I I wouldn't be surprised if they went over four. I'm hoping that since this is a rivalry, whoever the starter is, kind of locks in and and can at least make it competitive, but. The potential for this to get to be a really ugly weekend is definitely high. Yeah, I think I think they probably get hammered pretty bad against U of A tonight. Um, wouldn't be shocked if U of A scores double digit runs and ASU is under like four or five. Um, so that wouldn't be that wouldn't be ideal. But like I said, we'll get into the weeds of the weekend um, a little bit later in the week. Right now, I do want to tell everybody about PHNX and all the great stuff that we've got planned. I know we've got uh, some big announcements next week. Uh, can't get too much into that right now, but just be sure that you're following us on social at PHNX underscore Sun Devils because we've got a lot going on. I know we're going to have an interview on Friday. Uh, we will tell everybody who that is a little bit later in tomorrow's show, but not only the Sun Devils show, I know the Yotes have some great stuff, the Suns, the Cards keep adding to their team. Um, really, every team here at GoPHNX is great, so you should go on our website, gophnx.com, become a member of the family. When you do, you're going to get either a free T-shirt from the locker or your first month for 50 cents just for signing up. To my knowledge, the deal of the millennia is still going on 20% off sun shirts for members. Um, and I think it fitted up before the playoffs. 
rocking rocking the D book one right now. That purple one, I love it. I think he I think he goes big tonight. By the way, I think he probably drops thirty against the Lakers and kisses them goodbye um, as their season comes to an end. Um, I would definitely be here for that. Ready for? I think it is. It's it's like a it's a Sports Center top ten kind of night for the Suns. I feel like some they're going to be doing some crazy shit tonight. I'm going to need that man. I'm going to need the Suns to really kick it into gear tonight. Not from a monetary perspective, but just from a occupation perspective. I don't want people to keep talking about the fucking Suns being bad in our YouTube comments when I'm producing the show. Because hold on now, relax. This is the best team in the NBA. Yeah, Relax. Yeah. Literally okay. nothing to play for right now. Yeah. So yeah. except for eliminating the Lakers, which they well, will do tonight in dramatic yes. fashion. I think yeah. those Suns not even trying can beat the Lakers. So um I'm looking forward to this. Oh, hundred percent. It's gonna be fun. Um you can catch the Suns post-game show tonight. But again, go on our website, go phnx.com, become a member of the family. When you do, you're gonna get either a free t-shirt from the locker or your first month for 50 cents just for signing up. Guys, last topic of the day. Um, it, it takes me back a couple months because I was scouring social media yesterday um, and a talking head decided that he wanted to spew bullshit out of his mouth and tell me that former Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton wasn't one of the best players in the entire NFL draft. Yeah, I, he said I, that I he saw this. Go ahead. The Lions. He doesn't want the Lions to draft Kyle Hamilton when the Lions literally have a need at every single position. He doesn't want one of the most athletic players in the draft. I saw this this morning and I completely agree. I don't think he's that good. You're you're kidding. You're kidding. I, I am kidding. Oh so what I actually am doing right now is I'm going on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and I'm betting Kyle Hamilton over six and a half for his positional drafted. Um, just because I do think that people are going to miss him, they're gonna they're and it's plus money. I think plus one hundred five or something. Wow. Um, so get that while you can. I think he goes. I think he goes past six. I think he goes somewhere in the top ten, but I don't think he falls six or lower. Uh, and I and it's crazy to say because I, he was one of my favorite players in the draft. I thought he might get drafted first overall. I still think he yeah. should get drafted first overall if we're going on best player available. Um, but I think people have positions that they feel like they need more. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's tough, man. It just reminds me so much of the situation a couple years ago when Derwin James coming out of FSU was like for the entire draft process, top 10, top 10, one of the most athletic guys in the draft, like freak, best player available type of guy. And he falls all the way to, I think, 17 for the Chargers, which I'm not complaining about. But like looking at it now, like Derwin James is one of the best safeties in the NFL. He's a solid, solid defender. He is a pro bowler. Like Kyle Hamilton is, in my estimation, more athletic and he's bigger than Derwin James. He's got better ball skills than Derwin James. The talking head told me that he, that, that Kyle Hamilton, like you turn on the tape and he's not like, he doesn't take over the game. Turn on the FSU game, turn on the Purdue game. Like this guy's a freak of nature. Sean, do you think this guy is worth taking in the top 10? I mean, I admittedly don't know a whole lot about him. I didn't spend a whole lot of time watching Notre Dame football. Um, but I respect both of your opinions on football. And obviously, you covered Notre Dame. Um, and if you're both this confident in the kid, I'm going to I'm gonna side with you guys. <laughs> okay, Sean, here's your homework tonight. Assigned reading, assigned video. Go watch a, like all 22s um, a version of NCAA. I don't know what they call it. But watch how much ground this man covers and his – his IQ of reading plays. It's ridiculous. And not to mention his 
athleticism everywhere on the field. He just knows what's happening before the quarterback knows what they're doing. Um, so just just watch some of Kyle Hamilton's tape from his this last year. You will be blown away. It's ridiculous the amount of talent coupled with IQ that this kid has. He's going to be a bona fide stud. And I don't care if you don't need a safety. I take him. As yeah. How big? How big was Cam Chancellor size wise? Uh, six four. Yeah, this he's six four, six five size. He's a little bit sl- he's slimmer than Cam. Doesn't pack that same level of punch, but I think what he he doesn't have in Cam Chancellor's size, he makes up in ball skills and and just pure football IQ. Like he's a freak. Uh, but that brings me to my next question. Like obviously, I'm pretty fired up about this because I covered him, whatever. But I want to get your guys' take on who the most underrated ASU player in this draft is because everyone's made, you know, everyone I feel like feels like Rashad white is the, you know, the top ASU player available. Who do you guys think is the most underrated player or the most disrespected player in this draft for ASU? Sean, you go um, first. Cause I have a weird one. Well, first off, I don't think Rashad is the best ASU player in this draft. I think it's Kellen Deesh. Um, but, um, <laughs> Listen, I, I, and that's not that's not saying anything about about Rashad. I just don't think Kellen gets enough attention. Is is all I'm going on. I, I think Rashad is a wildly underrated player. Um, like it's kind of weird to say how, how important he was, but I kind of want to go with Butler. Like I, I, I just think he's like what he provided as a leader and stuff like that is going to be valuable to a franchise. And I think he's just going to get draft. Like, I think his impact is going to be a lot higher than where he ends up getting drafted. Like, I think he's going to end up getting drafted on the third day. And I, I think he is going to end up making a bigger impact than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like it's, it's part of me wants to say Rashad just because like, I think he could end up being top two running back in this draft. And I don't think he's going to get that kind of love, but I, I'm never letting Sean go ahead of me before because he's like, he's like, give me one. Sean's like, I'm going to name every player that ASU has in the draft. I need two. I need, I need, no, I, my main, my pick is Butler, but, and I said, Kellen Deesh is the best. And I think Rashad, obviously is <laughs> not getting the love. You. It's it, it. I, okay. One, a one B daring Butler and Rashad white. Rashad white to me is a guy that every, it, it, he's very highly regarded for sure. Mel Kiper had him four before the season started, and somehow he, he moved he down. He dropped off. Yeah, that's it doesn't It doesn't make sense. Um, look, there are some really good running backs in this draft. I think Rashad White gives you an X factor. Um, he's going to be a steal for any team. He is a great pass catching back. His game translates really well to the next level because he's so patient with his <laughs> running ability. If he goes to a team with a really good offensive line, I would I would watch watch out because my goodness this man he posted a video to his Instagram I believe today uh, that was just highlights of the season and my God it's it's crazy when you when you look back at his season you see these godly numbers and you know how much he carried this team and you think that it was just all workload but it wasn't because of how many splash plays he made in that highlight tape you see him. Scoring from a yard out, you see him catching balls and running down the sidelines, but you also see him being patient and making these highlight plays and hurdling people. Um, it, it's really, really impressive. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. But in terms of Derry Butler, I mean, this is a guy that I've been high on for years now. I mean, he adds so much. He's one of those guys that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but if you watch closely, he blows up every play that he wants to be in. 
Um, yeah. he, and he the, he's only upped his draft stock from my point of view since the season's ended with some of the things that people have seen with him in the Shrine Bowl and all that. I mean, he is a dog. He's a leader, and he's ready to make an impact on a roster immediately. So I'm excited to see what both these cats can do. Yeah, I think yeah. Butler's the kind of guy you're going to see him in, in rookie camp or whatever, and you're going to be like, holy fuck, like this guy – not only is he talented, but he he works hard and is like a, a natural leader. Yeah. Um, what about you, Tiltree? I, I I like the Butler pick. Um, I want to say Rashad White. I just didn't watch. I, I've seen Rashad's tape, and it reminds me a lot of I hate the Notre Dame comp just because it's an easy comp for me. But Kyron Williams, um, they they remind me of just kind of the same player guys that are not you know massive in size, but they're super shifty, super patient. Um, and they're just workhorses at the end of the day. They're not, like I said, giant running backs, but they get the job done. Um, I don't think Rashad is necessarily as elusive as Kyron is. Um, but I think just watching what Rashad has been able to do, whether it be um, pro day, draft combine, um, senior bowl, et cetera, I think Rashad has done what he needs to do in terms of finding himself on an NFL roster. And I think he's definitely the type of guy uh, that's going to give you everything he's got plus a little bit more. Uh, so I, I, I like your guys' picks with Butler, uh, with White. I, I think Dish is like you said, Sean, I think he's a guy that's probably the best player um, in terms of ASU football in the draft. I think he is going to be the most likely starter out of everybody that gets drafted. Butler probably coming in at a close two, uh, but Regardless, I think there are going to be a lot of surprises from this ASU draft class. Speaking of underrated, if you're in a dynasty league and you need a PPR running back, Rashad White is your guy. My God, if he gets in the right system, this shit is over. If he goes to like the Dolphins, get the hell out of here. Dude, Miles Gaskin 2.0, bro, that team's mm. going to be good. The team's going to be good. Tyreek and Rashad. Tyreek, Rashad, and Tua. Could be an electric. First off, no one will ever have made that that teal and orange look better than that oh trio of people. Woo. Could you imagine Rashad? Oh, I hate the Dolphins, but I would wear a Rashad White mm-hmm. teal Dolphins jersey because that shit would yeah. go crazy. Well, we'll we'll also be posting this to our Twitter after, yeah. so be sure to tap into our Twitter at phnx underscore Sun Devils and let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know who you guys think is the most underrated, maybe even overrated player. Um, in the draft coming from Tempe AFC football, but that'll do it for us today. You can follow us on social at PHNX underscore Sundevils. You can follow me at Anthony underscore Totri. Shane, where can everybody follow you? Follow me on Twitter at Shane Deef. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore DePause. Underrated as always. I love it. Absolutely love it. That does it for us today on Tuesday, but we'll be back with another show on Wednesday for now. Peace.